conversations. In this episode, we're going to catch up with Ashley Egan and Aaron Nolan of Take Back the City. There might be some swearing. Enjoy. Okay, so we have Aaron and Ashling in from Take Back the City today. Welcome. Thanks for having us. Hello. Uh, so I suppose the first thing we could start with, obviously, is what is Take Back the City? Yeah, I suppose, I suppose everyone just knows, to give a bit of context to it, um, a lot of people will know this and some might not. Um, it didn't really just start with Take Back the City. Like before Take Back the City, um, a lot of the grassroots housing groups would have been active we say like since 2015, we'd have up before that as well, but like the likes of Dublin Central Housing Action, Dublin Renters Union, Bland Housing Action, all the groups that are involved in Take Back the City would have been organising their local areas. So with anti-eviction, um, community response to evictions and that kind of stuff before Take Back the City. So then one of the groups, Dublin Central Housing Action, which is a group I'm involved in, in May, there was a huge uh, mass eviction in Summerhill. Um, this landlord had 120 tenants between three houses. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> how many people in one house then? I think it was like about 40 in one house, wasn't there? It was something like 70 room. Uh, yeah. And they're living in bunk beds. They're paying 450 euro a month, and uh, they're evicted with 24 hours notice. Yeah. yeah. So, basically, it was the uh, fire brigades deems the houses to be unsafe and obviously they were they were living in slum conditions you know but these slum conditions were created by the landlord and um, the landlord gave them two hours to vacate the property and um, so it's a massive eviction of 120 tenants and basically like the fire brigade deemed it unsafe obviously which it was but the dilemma you're in there is that there's no repercussions for the landlord then mm. you know um so ma- mostly of these tenants were migrants and at the stage they were at, they just decided that they were going to take, they just wanted their deposits back and they were just going to take the money and go off and they all, all ended up couch surfing or living in hostels or whatever after that. So I suppose like for us, we were negotiating with the guards and the fire brigade when the eviction happened. Um, and obviously we just kind of go by what the tenants want and the tenants decided they didn't want to fight it. And for us, for us, like it was just kind of almost frustrating that these slumlords were getting away with this. So it was due, something big was, was due to happen soon enough anyway, and I suppose after that, it was just chosen that that was what it was going to be. It was going to be that property that, were, that was going to be occupied. Um, then at the end of July, there was like a festival of direct action. So uh, Dublin Central Housing Action, Dublin Renters Union, a lot of the groups involved in Take Back to City had like a whole weekend of direct action. There was like a lot of stalls. We uh, occupied Kennedy Wilson, one of the biggest corporate landlords in Ireland. A lot of things happened, and... It was just the kind of buzz was there and the momentum was there and we decided we're going to do it actually yeah. next week. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think like with stuff like that, you kind of do have to just move what when that momentum was there, you know? And then on the 7th of August, was it? 7th? Yeah, 7th yeah. of August, yeah. Um, the eight, we started out with eight groups. So it was all the housing action groups uh, merged. So like the kind of appeal groups and stuff as well were involved to start. Um, we called an anonymous event at the GPO, so it was like uh, take back the city and th- obviously didn't say what it was. About 200 people showed up, which is really good for an event that didn't even say what it was. And we marched down to Summerhill and that was the start of it. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, that was the first thing I remember hearing of it, but I was also very aware that obviously the work was done yeah. for years beforehand. Like, but, and like, do you think, obviously it's picked up a serious moment, mm-hmm. like momentum. How are kind of people reaction to it is it 
was like usually like a really supportive reaction or usually yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Oh. um well the summer hill got got a lot of uh got a lot of kind of media because it was the first kind of uh prolonged kind of occupation that was in the public eye and obviously there's lots of groups as ashton said involved um so we got lots of media coverage on that and most of it was sympathetic because most people are are, are understanding of the housing crisis you know uh, but I think what really sparked off the, the support that we've gotten was following the, the case in Frederick Street, which is the second yeah. occupation that we had where uh, an eviction took place where, you know, like the balaclava clad uh, mysterious security men uh, smashed through the door, uh, you know, the, the door of a protected building with chainsaws and sledgehammers and, and they were supported and backed up by the guardies. So I think after that, in social media terms, we went from something like 4,000 likes to, to, to 15,000 in tw- 24 hours and mm. the same on Twitter and all that kind of stuff. So we got lots of uh, kind of support and indeed uh, applications to, to volunteer. We got, uh, I think, over 200 ac- applications overnight to join as a, as a volunteer and help out with a, with a, with a, <laughs> with a occupations. And that's people who are prepared to, to go into, to, to, who had just witnessed uh, balaclava men uh, smashing through a door with, with the shocking videos that, that there are people that actually embolden people to actually get involved even more you know mm. and I think I suppose one thing that you know the wide support that it did get is that like previous occupations like the bald was a bald hostel takeover in 2015 uh, that was opened it was a DCC hostel that was closed and was opened to house uh, homeless families and individuals, same at Paula House. It was opened up to house, you know, rough sleepers. And obviously that, you know, they are a group that are mostly affected, but I suppose with Take Back the City, we kind of shown that everyone is affected. Yeah. Um, we're all affected by this and it's about kind of acknowledge, acknowledging that and empowering people to do something about it while also having solidarity with those that might be more affected than you are like rough sleepers people living in accommodation but like you know I'm 24 so living at home I'm affected like homelessness in my view is a scale and yeah. we're all on that scale somewhere do you know what I mean if you're living in rented accommodation if you're living in a crowd or you're still living at home and that's I think where a lot of the support came from it kind of galvanised everyone to stand with each other and not that divide of you know homelessness or you're not you know yeah and um yeah i suppose that kind of event i think is what people really needed to like shock them into it like and yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and um what do you kind of think that all of these people now that kind of have reacted and feel so strongly about it now like you guys can actually do so obviously you, you guys are you know doing a lot of like on the ground work but what can kind of outsiders or like outstanders just do to help um, I think that uh, well, we we actually had it, we, were, we weren't involved in the organisation of it, but we had kind of representatives on it. But I think the the raise the roof demonstration last week, what was organised on a Wednesday at midday when people were in work or uh, in college or whatever, got over twelve thousand people. So it shows that there is an appetite for people to get involved. Now that that was organised by trade unions, etc., and we would probably be seeing take back the city, be seen as the more radical element, the kind of that take the direct action. And I suppose we're seeing in the media, even though it's not really true, that the kind of student kind of aspect of it, even though it's not true, you know. But uh, but we'll we'll accept that. That's fine if they want to say that. But for people, I think that for but, but that shows that there's there is an appetite for people to to get involved and if they want to do that with Take Back the City they can get onto our Facebook page uh, and there's application forms where you can you can say when you're available or, or what you're prepared to do uh, we, we're not just uh, 
Well, just breaking into houses. <laughs> there, that is because that is like that's what I, they're seeing. No, but, but yeah. we, as Ashley yeah. was saying, there's loads of different groups involved for, for, for all over the country and the all over Dublin and indeed the country uh, where we organise uh, support like myself and uh, Ashley are in Dublin Central Housing Action, which is part of the Umbrella Group of Tapex City, and we organise monthly meetups, dinners, kind of support groups for people who are having mm-hmm. who don't who don't know much about uh, their rights and stuff, their tenancy rights, etc. So. Uh, there's loads of smaller groups and, and again if you're going to take back city you'll see who they are and for people who want to get involved you can get involved from even one end of the spectrum which is kind of support groups or maybe in take back the city if we're in an occupation we need people to admin we need people to do maintenance in the house so it's not just uh, you know there's lots of different roles and and it, you know you can just sign up and just get notified if there's an event and just join a protest or something you know so there's various aspects or you're not expected to to get stuck into the mad stuff if you if you if you show an interest in, in joining Take Back the City or, or volunteering with us, you know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, like I suppose it's just important for people to realise that like Take Back the City isn't just you know, taking over buildings and doing road blockades. <laughs> but the road blockade I think was such a clever tactic because it kinda showed people going home to their home after work. Yeah, that, like, exactly. You know, like, this is important. Oh Bernadette Devlin, like from the Irish Civil Rights Movement, even said like, I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it was so clever and so. none of us really realised and then we sat down and when people were kinda coming over to like yeah. getting angry because they couldn't get home we were like, oh, yeah, well like Exactly like it's yeah, the frustration of not having a home. Do you know what I mean? And that's what protests do, is to cause as much disruption as possible. Um, and the same with, you know, doing the occupations. It's just a spark involvement, and we've certainly done that. Um, you know, no movement was started by a, you know, well-worded letter to your TD. Or, or uh, what you call it, the, uh, you know, you get people to sign up. An online petition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, we wouldn't have 12,000 people at the doll on a Tuesday after a petition. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and... Just like even the last time the trade union and stuff did that March, it would have been, I think it was like six months ago, and it was on Saturday, and it had about between three to five thousand people. And then you know the increasing grass. That was Saturday. Yeah, exactly. And the increasing grass move, you know, grass food stuff in the last two months is why it was twelve thousand people at the doll on that Tuesday. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, just go back to how you can get involved. It's supposed to realise that it's not just all taking our buildings. It's not just. Um, you know, doing road blockades. It's that working in our local communities. It didn't start with Summerhill. It's not going to end with Belvedere. It's about kind of working in communities and getting communities to defend and protect themselves against slumlords, developers, you know, evictions, whatever that is, and to stand just with one another through that, really, and support one another. You know, you don't have to be a housing expert to get involved. That's not what it is whatsoever. So if you see an anti, if you see an anti eviction call out, go out. You know, go down. If you're not in work, go down. Stand outside the house, get to know people, and then you can get more involved if you want. Like Aaron was saying about the housing support group and stuff, um, and you learn by involvement. So I mean, anything I know, I only know from being involved. You know. And the I what I really liked as well is seeing that there is so much like anti eviction training. Mm. I think yeah. stuff like that is so like practical and mm-hmm. you know so like it's actually <coughs> taking action like instead of. Yeah, exactly, and that's suppose what we're trying to do is just really train people up to protect themselves like we don't i think our, our view would be we don't want to be pushing people unnecessarily into services you know that's empowering we want communities to protect themselves and from a you know eviction point like just some people notice some people won't like 
at an eviction, the guards can't, even if it's a legal eviction, the guards can't act. They're saying they can't act. It's a civil matter. So, you know, the community rallying around someone and getting, you know, 50, 100 people outside that house is the only thing stopping a family from being evicted right there and then. Even if it's illegal, yeah, you can go to the residential tenants board and file a dispute, but you're already at the house that's sick. That's going to take a few weeks, a few months even. You know what I mean? So it's kind of that kind of key. If that's the least thing you can do anyway, if you don't have time to get involved fully, you know? Yeah. I think the, yeah. Other, things rem- the other things to remember about the anti-eviction chain, it's not, it's not just training on like how to stop a, a fellow in the hood coming into your gaff. Yeah. It's, kind of, <laughs> it's letting people know what their rights are. Yeah. Like there's lots of stuff. Yeah. We don't have like a kind of a, the, the, and it's kind of purposely in the favour of a landlord. But it's not to make clear to tenants what, what their rights are in many cases. Like for example, uh, a landlord has, is has legally has no right to come into come to your house without giving you twenty four hour notice. Mm-hmm. Come into your house and stuff like that. And, and lots of people don't know any of that kind of, any of the kind of tenancy rights or and you know indeed we we actually are involved in running the workshops for tenancy rights as well so mm. because because the state aren't going to provide any of this they don't want people to know what their rights are because yeah. we are as as was shown in the budget last week it's a landlord state it's a landlord budget that was put put, put out so uh so that's why that's going back to what ashton mm-hmm. saying we need to organize in our own communities and uh and do it ourselves you know that's that's so that's why there's value in getting involved in in yeah. either take back the city or any of the groups that under the umbrella you know and it's not training for squatters, as one as one paper called it. It was like take back the city group or giving trainers to squatters. No, yeah. it was anti eviction training. Do you know what I mean? So absolute rag. Like I was actually looking at media coverage uh, just to kind of see how like kind of different kind of like institutions or whatever were picking it up. And what I had a good laugh at was the journal. Mm. Um, all of the comments were were like elderly white men. Yeah, and they were. Fucking horrific, and I'm so angry after. Yeah, can, I actually, can I actually tell a funny story about the journal? I actually yeah. got to know one of like myself actually do, do the media stuff for Take Back City. Well, uh, well, I actually was talking to, to got to know this fella who he journal. He was writing that through garbage, like you know, but I was st- still entertaining <laughs> him. You know, so he texted me, "Oh, what's going to happen next?" And I was like, "Right, here, let's like give me a little scoop or whatever." And uh, but anyway, he put out put out this thing. We had a, remember we had a, a demonstration, and it was like we had got a thousand people. It was like the day after the yeah. Balaclava thing, right? And we were, we were having points afterwards. And I got, went on my phone, looked at the journal, and I was like. <laughs> Uh, 100 over 100 people turned up for a demonstration I was talking to the fella there like because there's about 100 people standing beside us like and, and, there was 100 and, people there I knew so I, yeah there's 100 <laughs> of our mates there so I, I got my phone I, I texted this guy I was like here mate I sent him a screenshot of the, of the of the thing over 100 people I was like did you forget a zero there brother or what like <laughs> you know what I mean for the journal actually and, and also their, their coverage has been so fucking weird like they just they, they put the most obscure weird kind of thing they, they do their best to actually get away from the actual issue out of the journal mm. but anyway sorry but like i think like even like you were saying about the all the old men commenting kind of saying this it's, whatever i did a background check and all of them <laughs> yeah <coming> yeah <laughs> uh, i think you know I mean, like largely it hasn't been i think people looking from from the groups involved and the like we're a really really wide kind of diverse group uh obviously there's seven 18 17 18 groups now involved yeah like we started out eight and between them groups you know we have single parents groups queer liberation groups housing groups appeal groups um so it most people on the tactics involved obviously is like we're not just a lot of squatters that went to a building there was clear tactics in this we know what we're doing kind of thing um but you still get the young person you know what i mean go get jobs like and yeah. i was just laughing to myself because i was like i remember the like you know some of the days in the, the very start getting calls and texts being like okay we need people to come down here now people need to get up and go to work <laughs> we need people to come into the occupation people getting up and putting their work shirts on being like i have to leave like where's yeah. the next shift <laughs> the thing, people have actually got people have actually been going like 
doing the overnight shift. We're breaking into we like it. Like Ash was saying, it's not a squatters. It's like a political occupation in inverted commas. That's what we're calling it. Uh, so like it would run in a basis where there'd be four shifts per day, like a, like an actual job, specifically so that people could do it around their yeah. working. Mm-hmm. So there's fellas like some of the fellas were were doing the overnight shift between twelve mid between midnight and eight a.m. And then going into doing labouring for the rest of the day. Do you know what I mean? So it's like mm, really so dedicated. Oh, like so really yeah. So it's but I'd say about there's a lot of students involved as well. But I'd say a good. I'd say about seventy percent would be work. It would be fitting it in with their work, and then the other the other percentage would be students and stuff. You know, so all of that was garbage. People saying that. The other thing that uh, what was the other thing that people were saying? Uh, no, it's gone out. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, I just I was just really really pissed off and like disappointed at all of the media coverage because like. There was, I, like, there was only kind of, it was just wrong, like, what they were mm. saying, and it was just people are, people who aren't there, like, who know you guys, and, like, out there protesting, and, like, living in Dublin, and actually seeing what's happening, they might read that, and they might kind of be swayed, so that's kind yeah. of why I wanted to get well, you I in as well. To, to be honest with you, I actually yourself. thought it was, could have been a lot worse. Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a lot more worse than Apollo, like, you know, yeah, we, yeah. yeah. Like, like, we, I think what's, what kind of, what turned the tide kind of was that Balaclava incident because that, mm. that got a lot of sympathy like not just from the public but actually from some of the journalists they're like that, that was out of hand so I think that kind of worked yeah. our favour a little definitely, bit definitely well. yeah yeah and I suppose like one of the reasons why I actually organise and stuff on a group grassroots level is because of my job like yeah. I would have studied social care my background would have been social care and I've worked you know what I mean in NGOs in home services and I suppose the more I did that the more frustrated I got and it actually pushed me to organised yeah. on a grassroots level like this isn't going to be fixed through NGOs NGOs um, for the most part can't criticise or won't criticise the government because their funding comes from the government okay. we've seen we've seen a CEO of one of, I won't name but one of the largest uh, homeless one of the largest homeless <laughs> services say the HAP was a game changer the HAP scheme is reliance on the uh, reliance on the private sector which is the reason why we're in this mess he, they actually the video got deleted because academics people directly affected yeah. and whatever else um, criticised and I got deleted and I was like you know, that's not why me or anyone else I actually work with young people now because I couldn't stomach really the adult services do you know what I mean because homelessness has ultimately become business you know and I suppose to anyone like that you know wants to volunteer or whatever and do something you know organising on a grassroots level is probably the most productive way to help yeah. you know what I mean or actually bring about some kind of change you know and I think that's what we kind of saw with repeal and stuff as well yeah. like it is really like the grassroots people who can actually see on the ground what's happening instead of kind of these like CEOs and stuff that aren't experiencing this kind of yeah. stuff like it's another thing that I really wanted to ask about was uh with I suppose the presidential election is kind of irrelevant but when it comes to politics and TDs and stuff like that is there like any kind of like division between them like is there like any kind of party or whatever that's like plainly not supporting you or like well, not we're, disagree. We, we, well, we've like, uh, I'll take this one. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't go too much. <laughs> no, no, well, we'll clearly be, the vast majority of us, indeed, even people who don't realise, would be quite left wing. You know, in, in, well, some people wouldn't be, but um, we have, we, we've, we've a kind of rule in any, any documentations we've done or actually take back the city. Political parties can't be representative because, uh, you know, once you start doing that, you kind of you can create division. So, what's maintained all of us even though we come from different kind of uh social uh, we're all focused on social issues like as you were saying the different like you know single parents blah blah um what what's maintained us is the non-political aspect of it and also the fact that we can all focus on a single issue so that if we have disagreements and that di- different kind of things 
we can do that. Mm. As far as politicians are concerned, obviously we've ones that have been sympathetic to us and have, have, have raised. You know, someone have, have read out our demands. You know, like a little fucking little fucking group in, in mm. town, like that. They've read out our demands and stuff in the doll. So they would be they would be the left wing parties. Obviously, we'd get no support. We 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 wouldn't want, or we wouldn't kind of uh, definitely wouldn't receive support from Fianna Gael or Fianna Fáil mm. or. Yeah. I suppose just we're to go, let we're people throw, know we'll, we'll, throw, we'll throw the Labour Party in there as well right yeah, so, yeah. but uh, all yeah. of the other parties uh, and there's no point in naming them but would probably be sympathetic to us or you know we've seen them outside on our, on our demo sometimes you know but uh, maybe, maybe the, le- the left wing or left left of centre parties uh, would be sympathetic to our cause and we'd kind of be we'd w- welcome their kind of uh, kind of support you know mm. yeah and no, we didn't go too mad there, did we? <laughs> no, you didn't. That's allowed. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I suppose it's kind of even like from like I get really kind of involved in like kind of social issues, but I don't. Sometimes there's like a lot of jargon and stuff, yeah. and even though English might be my like strong point, I still mm. it goes over my head. Like so, mm. it's it's kind of I think it's kind of important to kind of let people know like who isn't supporting because you know it's like. If there is. Well, I think the, 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 the likes of the, the, we've only ever had conservative governments in this country, Fianna Gael, Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael, Fianna Fáil, and then a, a bit of a bit of Labour trying in there as well. Um, but like you know, say we're we're advocating, we're demanding. Uh, our, our, one of our demands is the uh, universal public housing. Now, the party like Fianna Gael or Fianna Fáil, who are completely intertwined with the with the market and the private sector, would never kind of advocate for that. But mm. whereas some of the parties would, you know, like Solidarity People for Profit these kind of parties they would they'd be looking for fast public housing uh, our second demand is uh, to use public land pr- as for, for public housing you know bring it to ownership uh, which again also just as well housing public housing or community facilities and it, it is important to say that as well because a lot of people may be in communities like I don't know if they're in like Weaver Park up in Dublin Night would be a good example I think that was earmarked for housing or a community facility and it got turned into like a park with a playground and a skate park and stuff that was really really well needed like communities aren't just made up of housing they're also yeah. made up of the facilities within them um, so that's just important to note that yeah, yeah. Uh, and then our, our third demand is you know to give tenant, some tenant security you know so uh, so we reckon that people so per, the, 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 the people's rent that they pay should be relevant to their income so we're suggesting yeah. like 20% of someone's income should, they shouldn't be paying any more than that so they can kind of that they can live rather than just existing. So uh, I suppose some of the parties would, would be to that. I, I'd say like stuff like Green Party maybe or Labour or and again the other left wing parties. I suppose we so we're kind of that politically speaking. They they it would be uh, pretty much most people other than Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil would kind okay. of. Yeah, like we don't. We yeah, like a lot of people involved might be. You can be in any political. You can be in any political parties you want, but just say like the city itself or any of the grassroots groups itself aren't politically aligned with one party. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so you can be in a party if you want. Well, if you're in Fianna Gael, right, you probably wouldn't get past the door. To yeah. what I mean? Um, or would want to get in the door anyway. Um, but yeah, you can be in any political party you want. Solidarity, people, profit, whatever that is. Do you know what I mean? But um, we just kind of leave them divisions at the door, really. You know what I mean? We have our own demands. On our own yeah. kind of tactics and stuff, yeah. you know. Yeah. And uh, the CPOs actually are something. I'm sure they've been going on for ages, but I only learned about them yesterday. Really? Um, so yeah. it, it's what it's compulsory purchase order, yeah? yeah. Yeah, that was kind of that is one of our demands. Um, and I suppose it wasn't really in the public eye that the council have the power to do that. Yeah. Um, until Summer Hill, where are we actually going to get you know 
them housing Summer Hill CPOs. No, we weren't going to, you know what I mean? Mm. But it was about pushing that into the public public, public domain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so CPO, like that's, if we've done nothing else, we've brought that, that term into the public eye, like you said, you didn't yeah. know what it was. Uh, and that's, as Ashley said, it's one of our demands. Uh, any of the gaps that we've occupied, which we brought into uh, compulsory purchase orders. But like that's, actually that's what I forgot to say to you earlier the, 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 that some, some of the media said that uh, we're saying like that you know that we could be we could take someone's uh, you know if you could break into houses like say what about holiday home which is vacant for 10 months we could break into it when we're when we're occupied when we're occupied I guess we do, we do months of research into the landlord how long it's yeah. been empty etc 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 and that falls into the CPO because we wouldn't just randomly got crack into a gaff that we just yeah. we're walking down the road oh, that's that what one looks people nice. need to realize yeah. though like it's yeah. so we, we've done yes we've done lots of research so for example uh in, in terms of north frederick street which is the, the balaclava incident one that that was vacant for between three and five years mm-hmm. before we moved and that's that's in the middle of the city center so that's a prime example of a building that should be cpo'd uh, and well yeah. he wants to turn it into a guest house yeah. another <laughs> fucking guest house <laughs> Um, who stays in these guest houses is what I want to know yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, well homeless families yeah, yeah. And the, government, the government paid them there, and yeah. Then yeah homeless okay, families yeah. and we have you know What's Airbnbs it? you yeah, know so what I mean families in, in the likes of these ho- yeah. hotels B&Bs and then we've you know, Airbnb taken over the city okay, you know so this, this, is, this, is, this is a good one right so we've got with Airbnb we've got tourists in living in uh, tourists in homes and we've got homeless in hotels Mm-hmm. That's that's where we're at, like at the moment. Homeless living the life with these hotels. Yeah. yeah. Or what was the other thing DCC tried to spin the other week that we're gonna put them all on a, like two hundred homeless cruise, families yeah. on a cruise ship? Oh, cruise ships and hotels. You know what I mean? Living the life there apparently. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and like even with Airbnb, the last time I think it was August, the last time we looked at it, it was like entire homes. There was two and a half thousand. Yeah, just over two and a half thousand on Airbnb entire homes in Dublin, and there was two hundred and fifteen entire homes on Daft. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And like, yeah. the last time I checked that, the data port, the average rent in Dublin, this is like from May now, so it might change a little bit, but it was like 1,800 quid was the average rent in Dublin. You know what yeah. I mean? So, And that's, yeah, it's just, and as you said, like that is feeds into like such bigger problems about like whether you're just existing or living. Yeah, like exactly, that's yeah. it. Like it's, 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 it isn't just homelessness. Yeah. It's also, you know, so many different. Well, it's crazy people. that some people are paying 70% of their wages on, on rent. And then, yeah, you, you know literally I mean? are just going to yeah. work to pay your rent. And exactly, then you're like, yeah. So it's not, you just you lose, you know, you yeah. lose any sense of life, you know. Mm. Well, you can do, you know. Some people, I'd say, some weirdos probably enjoy it. But. Yeah, and exactly. I thought you had, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we have World Mental Health Day to the day. And, like, I thought it was just keep central to the art, you know what I mean, to, yeah. like, housing affects your mental health. Like, housing is just more, more than just your house, your stable base. You can't. You know, and no one can function without that and like that even if you have somewhere if you're if you're earning well first of all any rent is, is at this stage is over the minimum wage you know what i mean but if you're earning are you 400 quid to do you for the rest of the month i mean yeah, you're gonna have yeah. no quality of life there that's gonna affect your mental health you know yeah it yeah. was yourself in an article that made a comment that um the reason people are so kind of like woken up about this uh, is because they were like politicised by repeal so it was like that kind of like woke everyone up and now everyone knows how to act and stuff I like that have that, you I found think that? that the repeal uh, and, the, and the marriage equality kind of mm-hmm. uh, kind of politicised the youth and uh, kind of also made them realise the power of organising so uh, I think for many people involved to take back the city uh, 
their roots of social act, uh, activism is probably in the European movements. Mm. Lots, of, lot, lots of the people, that, well, the lot of the younger people, that, lot of the younger people yeah. That, yeah. that'll be their first exposure into it. So I think that definitely played a role. And, uh, and of course, the marriage equality and the uh, and and that issue were were victories, you know. So it's it's, it's very kind yeah. of empowering mm. and kind of stuff when you when you actually have a bit, even for small victories that we've had over the last few weeks, they do a lot for the for the morale, you know. But what I will say though, um, like obviously there was a lot of organisations involved in organising for appeal, but there was a lot of people that you know attend the odd march, do a lot of Facebook posts, and like we need people to actually get involved to yeah. actually organise. Do you know what I mean? Um, there's only so well like. Obviously, we're, I think our, when we had the other, we had a social the other night and realised it's been two months since we started. And I was like, I literally haven't seen any of your mates or the news in the last two months. But uh, yeah, I suppose it's to encourage people to actually get involved. Like, yeah, attend the marches, but at the start, come down to the end of victory, get to know people. Um, we have community leaders and stuff like that. But then actually get involved in the organising. I suppose just kind of reflect on your own involvement in, in uh, repeal. You know, were you actually involved? Were you actually organising? Yeah, Do you wish there was more you could have done? Um, you know, after that win, and I suppose reflect on that and get involved in this, you know. Yeah, that's a nice note to leave it on, I think. Yeah, okay, really? thanks for coming, guys. Thanks so much for having us. Thanks so much for coming in. I know you're absolutely.